Welcome, everyone. It's so beautiful to see your waves and your smiling faces. There's so many of them. We have to flip between the screens. I think there's, I heard there's about 137 of us in the Zoom room today. So you're going to be very, very grateful um, because uh, Jesus has been swirling all day inside my heart and. Um, some of the stuff that he's been saying to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, you want me to say that? <laughs> on the air, on the internet, <laughs> uh, this is really uh, quite a profound uh, experience we're going to have this weekend. And you know, when Jesus came to earth with this beautiful message of salvation and happiness and joy and peace and gentleness 2,000 years ago, um, what he had to share was so deep and was so profound that basically he had to do most of his teachings in parables. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave him parables to share because the teachings were so otherworldly, they were so beyond what this uh, time-space world had heard ever before, or I would say since. Um, we haven't really heard the depth of that teaching, um, the full depth of it, since Jesus seemed to appear and he seemed to uh, transmit these teachings from, from heaven and from absolute perfect oneness. And in the many centuries that have come after that, we've had, there's so many amazing religions, there's beautiful non-dual pathways to God and certainly uh, I have come across many of them but but with the Course in Miracles we have really you might say almost the complete package of, of everything the full transmission and, and the most direct pathway to God I have ever come across and so in the time of Jesus, he basically put the teachings in parables. You know, there was a man who had two sons. And, and then he tells the prodigal son story. And it was a beautiful uh, sharing because he was basically teaching with the prodigal son parable that you, no matter what you think you've done in time and space, you will be welcomed home to, to eternal love and eternal oneness uh, no matter what you think you've done, no matter what you've done as you judge it good or bad, right or wrong, you have a heavenly birthright and your reality is eternity and you are not really a creature of time and space but you are uh, a spirit, uh, the, the living Christ that is a creation of God. And so today I'm going to do both sessions. Uh, I'm going to do the morning session and the afternoon session, or depending on where you are uh, in the world, um, it, it, it's more than morning and afternoon. I'm going to do two sessions with a kind of a lunch or a dinner or a rest break in between uh, from the end of the the first session and then we'll take a couple hours break and we'll zoom right in. And I'm going to use a teaching device to go along with my teachings in terms of the words. I'm going to 
play a parable for you. I'm going to play a movie, and I'm going to set it up, and I'm going to go through the movie with you. And I know if I could hear what all your hearts are saying is, please, even if it's deep, even if it's deeper than I've ever heard before uh, on this planet, please give me lots of practical examples so I can relate to it. Uh, please give me a teaching that I can apply in my daily life, moment by moment, with whoever is around me, with whatever situations I'm facing in time and space. Please, please, please give me something practical. Give me lots of practical examples. Help me get this. Help me really experience what Jesus is talking about. Because I want to know my Creator in, in eternity. I want to know myself as I really am, not this human fleshy creature that uh, seems to be uh, like a fly stuck in glue uh, in time and space, in linear time. Um, many of us have done many rituals, we've done many practices, we've done meditations, we've done all kinds of things that we would call spiritual, and yet there still seems to be a struggle. There still seems to be facing issues that come up on a daily basis. And it's like, wow, after all the practices, even the practices of A Course in Miracles, some of you have done the workbook, maybe once or maybe more than once, and you still face struggles. So today's going to be a huge time saver. If you can hear what I'm talking about, and if you can see it in the parables, and see it demonstrated, your mind will take off towards eternity in, in such a fast way that you will save thousands of years. So, I remember uh, Krishnamurti, I always adored Krishnamurti, and he would let these deep teachings come through him from the Spirit, and he would always have these sparkly eyes, and he would say, Are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> like saying, please hang with me here. This, this is going to be deeper than deep. I don't think you'll, you'll ever experience anything this deep. Uh, but, I, but I want it to be practical. I want you, tomorrow when Francis and I come and we open it up for all your questions and experiences, I want you to be able to let the bliss come through you that you experienced today. And I want to hear you answer your own questions. Maybe questions you've had for 30, 40, 50 years and suddenly boom, 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 the insights start to flash in your mind as you start to have experiences that take you beyond the questions. They just, beyond the questioning mind is a soaring experience and I want all of us to go into that. I even have a couple songs uh, that Jesus has had me listening to because it's coming above the battleground, it's coming off the timeline, it's coming deep into this light experience of who you really are and there is a, are no words for it. But today I'm letting Jesus use the body of David to give us the words and give us the prayers and, and play us the songs and whatever we need to use this parable to 
open our hearts up and to feel the love in so deep of an experience that you'll just be looking around your room and out your window and just falling in love with everything and everyone like you've never done before. A love that doesn't have an opposite, a love that, that is so vibrant and so present that you can, you can see the holographic universe. You can literally see with the vision of Christ. You can look at anything, a blade of grass, a, an ant, a cloud, a mountain, and you can feel this bursting love that transcends time and space. This is what A Course in Miracles is pointing to. Now, in A Course in Miracles, Jesus uses some uh, uncompromising phrases. And last night, I'm glad that Vivian raised the question about, can you explain compromise and uncompromising? Uh, what's the difference? And, and Francis so beautifully pointed out that, that these words that Vivian brought up, compromise and uncompromising, are in A Course in Miracles. In fact, Jesus even says in the later part of the text, uh, in, in the Beyond All Idols section, I believe, he says, salvation is no compromise of any kind. So what we perceive as our human lives really is a projection of, an, of a compromise attempt in our mind to be something that we're not. To believe in the ego is a compromise. If you're the Christ, and you believe in an ego death wish, that's a compromise. That's a compromise of identity on a scale that's so huge, it's uh, unfathomable to be the living Christ, to be an eternal creation, as Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, before time and space were, I, I am. The Christ presence is prior to time. And to believe in the ego, and to believe in time and space, linear time, and these fleshy bodies, you know, that is the, the most unfathomable compromise of identity that is possible. To believe you're human instead of divine, to believe you're a time creature instead of eternal, that is, again, a compromise of unfathomable degree. And so I'm going to try to help you bridge the gap today where you're going to be willing to let go of everything you think you think and every single thing you think you believe to go on a journey toward the light. And it won't be surprising to me tomorrow if some of you talk to me about your mystical experiences or you have amazing dreams tonight because your mind is ready to be activated toward the light in a way. That's why the, there's 137 of us on this online retreat, because we got one purpose that's shining bright underneath all of these characters, and that is to, to wake up. So I'm going to show a movie that I have shown before, and I mean, sometimes when I'm showing movies around the world, it's kind of funny to me, one time I was in Australia and I was in Kangaroo Valley and I was in this giant tent and I was showing this uh, Michael Moore movie called Capitalism, A Love Story and it was so deep that the tent was shaking, maybe Peter was there, the tent was shaking, the screen that they were showing the movie on started to shake 
and to blow over. And I mean, I guess it's kind of funny when Jesus starts to speak about capitalism and how that is not the way <laughs> to eternal life. Uh, it just shook the very fabric of, the, of time and space, so much so that it almost blew the screen over that we were showing the movie. And I was just laughing so hard because I was saying, oh, the ego does not want these words to be spoken. It's trying to, to blow down the projector, blow down the screen, and blow down the whole tent. Uh, but that was small stuff compared to what I'm going to talk to today. Today, this is, this is the real deep stuff. You know, this, this movie goes way beyond capitalism, a love story, a Michael Moore movie. That's a fantastic movie, though. If you get a chance, watch it. Today, we're going to show Mr. Nobody. And this is a quantum movie. You are not used to watching movies like this because... Most movies you watch, they have a beginning and a middle and an end. Uh, you know, most movies, you're used to watching movies in which there's a linear progression from beginning to end. It's all right if the, the director decides to do some flashbacks because you still have a context. Oh, yeah, he's flashing back to a previous memory in his life. But they're very linear movies. They go from beginning to middle to end. And all of our fairy tales go from beginning to middle to end. All of our parables, all of our novels, all of our stories, the way we perceive ourselves in this world is very much part of a temporal linear progression of time moving from past to present to future. In fact, uh, when you start watching some quantum movies, Usually you need some really strong commentary from the spirit to help you out because it feels like you're, you're swimming in something that's very unfamiliar. It breaks the rules of movies. So that's why I'm going to be with you on this journey through this movie, Mr. Nobody, because I think you might get lost in the first 10 minutes. And just, uh, this is the kind of movie you might, without commentary, you may just turn it off after 10 minutes and go, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. But it's not. Jesus loves this movie. He actually, he adores this movie. I'll tell you, I've shown hundreds, thousands of movies in my lifetime, and Jesus adores this movie. That's why I think he's picked this movie for Beyond the Body Retreat. He's just, he's smiling. He's like, oh, this is so cool. This is, this is one of my favorite, you can't even call it a parable. Uh, because it's so quantum that it, it's just spectacular. So, what I will say is that everyone who is watching this world and, and watching the movies of this world has a self-concept that is based on the belief in linear time. And in a workbook of A Course in Miracles, Jesus says early on in in pretty much the, some of the early lessons, he's saying, you need new time ideas, because why do I need new time ideas? Can't I just learn how to forgive my brothers and sisters? And he's like, actually, all of your beliefs about who you are in this world and who they are, your brothers and sisters, are all based on linear time. And eternity is way, way, way beyond linear time. It's so far beyond linear time that, that you will be bound to misinterpret forgive. And that's why for the last 2,000 years, 
human beings have been trying to forgive, like Jesus taught, and having a lot of difficulty, sometimes not a lot of success, at forgiving. Uh, the, the humans can seem to accomplish things in time and space, but forgive, whoa, that's like on another level. It's like, be happy all the time, be peaceful all the time, be joyful all the time. Are you kidding me? Uh, is, that, is that a realistic goal for my life? To, to find eternal happiness and, and have a state of mind that is so consistent and so steady that not one image of time and space can shake that peace of mind. Like Jesus had. He, could, he had such a peace of mind that he, his body was on the cross and he still was, oh, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah, you, you really have to have a, a very high state of mind to say that when there's nails stuck through your arms and your legs. That's a state of mind. Talk about a transcendent state of mind. Forgive them for they know not what they do from the cross, he says, in that state of mind. Well, I'm going to show you the direct pathway to that state of mind. I have a happy life. I have a joyful life. I, I don't struggle with anything. I, I have a la-la-la-la-la life, uh, but I really, I really don't see the world in linear terms anymore. So, so that's why I say sometimes I seem to have spiritual dementia where I pour a glass of iced tea and then uh, I'm off meditating or watching a movie or listening to music or talking to somebody on the phone and then I go, oh yeah, where's that iced tea? I, I completely blank out <laughs> on some, some aspects of like pouring the iced tea. I get, I get so into the light that I'm like, did I miss a sequence there? Oh yeah, the tea. The tea got poured in the kitchen. Oh yeah, there it is. It's still in the kitchen. <laughs> it hasn't left. My mind got onto something else more joyful than the tea. And so I have to go back and rescue the tea from the kitchen <laughs> if I'm going to drink it. And I want you to feel that, that feeling. Also, with movies, you know, that have a linear progression, you know, most of us are used to looper movies. We love looper movies. I love looper movies. I love Groundhog Day. I like uh, stories of going back into the past, um, like the 13th floor. I like uh, Before I Fall is another spectacular movie. There's so many great Looper movies, and I just showed one on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I showed, I showed one on Wednesday here in this hemisphere, or this area of the world, then I showed another one, it was in Europe, and then with commentary, and then also Espanol uh, for Latin America. But it was kind of a, a time movie called 222, where there was all these sequences and images, and it was like a, a finding, what's going on, what are all these patterns about? So it wasn't quite a looper movie. Now, today's movie I'm going to show you is not a looper movie. It's better. It's even better than a Looper movie. Uh, you know, some of us like Looper movies because they show us so much, you know, like, like our patterns are... Groundhog Day shows all of the patterns of time and space with Phil 
He's looping around. We see him do it every day. And we love that. But this one's much better than Looper movie. Jesus likes this one even better because this one is quantum. This one is taking your mind towards an experience that time is not linear and you don't loop in time in terms of reincarnation, like reincarnating after one lifetime into another lifetime into another and yet another and yet another, or going back like past life regressions. There's some really good past life regression movies too. And there's some great Looper movies, and uh, like reincarnation movies, like Orlando. If some of you have never seen Orlando. Uh, it's a spectacular uh, movie. Uh, or the Wachowski brothers, you know, um, they, they made a, a, a kind of a reincarnation movie, but actually this is a quantum movie. And if you like this movie, then you, and you, maybe it's a little bit too steep, you might take one notch down and watch a movie like Next with Nicolas Cage. If you watch that one with my commentary, that's got a little bit of linearity in it, but it starts to touch on the teachings about hypothetical thinking. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. That's what I'm going to use the movie for, to talk about hypothetical thinking. What is hypothetical thinking? And is this in the Course? Well, Jesus has, has given me this uh, way of looking at hypotheticals and hypothetical thinking in a way that he's saying, this is, this is where everything originates. All of your issues and problems come from just one belief, and it's called hypothetical thinking. Hypothetical thinking seems to generate an illusion of linear time in which events happen in sequential nature uh, from one followed by another, by another, by another, by another. We're so used to it, it's like a fish in water. You know, if, if you went and you could interview like a, a sea bass and you had a microphone, you were interviewing a sea bass and you said, tell us about the water, the sea bass would go, what? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> all it knows is the water. You know, it's not a land creature. It doesn't know anything about time and space. Basically, it's just a water creature that knows just water. And if you ask the sea bass, tell us about the water, it would say, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, that's, that's part of who I am. And the same with human beings. When you ask human beings about their life, they typically talk about their stories, and their memories, and their future ambitions, and their future goals, right? That's what you hear. You ask a human being, tell me about yourself, and they don't go, I am the eternal Christ, at one with God. They don't talk like Yogananda, who, who did talk like that. I, I am one with the Lord. You know, he actually, he was actually in a state of mind that was so joined with the Lord that he could say, I am Paramahansa Yogananda. Today, pray with me. You know, he would speak like that. Because why? Because he was so lit up by this uh, divine presence that he, would, he was actually in that state of mind. And then when he, his body seemed to pass away, it, it stayed in a state of non-decay for weeks. Because his state of mind was in such a state of non-decay. <laughs> so Paramahansa Yogananda's body, you know, did not deteriorate like human bodies typically do in fragmented consciousness. 
His was more holistic uh, consciousness, holistic awareness. So, what hypothetical thinking is, is the belief that there are all these scenarios that we would call situations or lifetimes or um, circumstances, but these situations and lifetimes and circumstances, these scenes, we'll call them scenes of time and space, they're all as if, they're all hypothetical. Like if you were talking to somebody and you say, well, I'm going to watch this segment with David and then I'm going to I maybe just have, have a bite to eat and maybe just stretch, stretch out and rest before the next session. That's a hypothetical. You're talking about hypothetically what you would do in a couple hours from now. And I've told this story hundreds of times. When I was a child, I would get all wrapped up into outcomes and rooting for certain sports teams and rooting for certain outcomes. And my grandfather would always raise his finger and laugh at me and say, ha, if, largest word in the English language. And I would just look at him, what? And he would say, if, largest word in the English language. If is, if is a hypothetical, if only. If my life were different, if I, if I had more of this or less of that, if I had a different uh, partner, a different life situation, a different job, if is basically the ego's plan of salvation. If only something in form would change, I would be happy. If only something in time or space would change, I would be happy. That's the ego's plan of salvation. That's really its plan to keep you stuck in time and space. It doesn't have anything to do with eternity or true salvation that Jesus is teaching. But if something were different, I would be happy. It always puts the cause on the scenario or the image or the person or the place or the worldly condition as if the world is causative and as if my peace of mind, my happiness, my joy is dependent on circumstances. Peace of mind is not circumstance dependent. Happiness is not circumstance dependent. Happiness depends on the purpose that you hold in your mind. Happiness depends on the thoughts you're thinking. It has nothing to do with the images or the circumstances that you're perceiving. I can't say that enough in the sense that everything that is perceived you will never find that joy or happiness or peace in circumstances because it, happiness is not circumstance dependent. God's will for you is perfect happiness, but that's in, you were created as a happy being. Christ is a happy being. Christ is a joyful being and you will find that eternal happiness and peace in, in creation. Finding knowing God is how you know your eternal bliss and happiness. In terms of this world, what is perceived through the five senses, we'll say, is really still the mind. The sleeping mind and the five senses perceive a, a world of images. And that's what Jesus calls the dream. Except he also goes on and says that what you perceive as the world of time and space and, all, and the body since we're going beyond the body, what you perceive as the world and the body 
is really just a projection. It's a dream that you gave away. And then you have a secret dream in your mind that's really one with the dream you gave away, but the ego splits it up, it's sneaky, into two dreams. And you have the dream that you dream in secret and the dream that you gave away. And that's why in human experience it's so frustrating because it seems like the dream that you dream gave away it seems like things are done to you as a person. Like in this dream that was given away, you seem to be a character surrounded by other characters and surrounded by a world of time and space. And these other characters do things physically or psychologically to this person that you think you are. And so the circumstances, it could be anything like COVID-19, it could be tsunamis or hurricanes, it could be famine, it could be climate change, it could be just your spouse, it could be your dog, it could be your cat. It, there always seems to be experiences in which the person is seemingly influenced or attacked or judged or harmed by something outside of the person. And even if you go to the body and you look right at the body, then you can even see it in the body the microcosm realm of, oh, the doctor says I have cancer cells in, in my body, or the doctor says my, my heart is clogged and my arteries are clogged. Even inside the body there seems to be forces like cancer cells or high blood pressure or things that happen that aren't even physical symptoms as, as seen by the five senses, but they're, they're smaller. You know, it's not like you go, oh, I, I see I've got my cancer cells right here in my hand. You know, they're, they're tiny, they're microscopic, but it still seems to be that something in this dream is doing something to you. And it's all based on false cause and effect. As soon as you get a diagnosis of cancer, then the physician will say, well, it, it could be from it could be from stress, it could be from um, intense uh, attack thoughts, it could be from something that seems to be external, radiation from the sun or radiation from a nuclear reactor, or catching a virus like COVID-19, or something in time and space is the cause. And this is what is characteristic of the dream that was given away. And this is that everything in the dream that was given away seems to be causative. But Jesus is saying, no, no, this dream that you're perceiving is an effect. And the ego is the cause of this dream of time and space. God did not create separation. God did not create fragmentation. God does not create anything other than eternal beings. And Christ is an eternal being. God is light and God creates in light. God is love and God creates in love. This world is a projection of the ego and Jesus gives a, a clue. He says, it's the dream that you gave away. So now it seems to be happening to you. It doesn't seem to be from you. That's Je Jesus is telling us that's the problem. You. You dream a dream and yet you've forgotten that it's a dream, so now you believe it's a reality. You believe your body's a reality, you believe the people are all real, you believe this, the planets are real, the stars are real, you believe the mountains and the grass 
the, the birds and the insects, you believe all of it is real because you've forgotten that you're dreaming it. And Jesus says, you don't see yourself as the image maker. Because if you could see that, that using the power of your mind to make up this dream world was, was what the ego was all about, then you could see that everything that you perceive are just figures in your dream. And that's going to be what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not personal. It's not one person forgiving another person, because the persons are on the screen. They're the projection. And the mind that has forgotten that it's dreaming needs to remember that it's dreaming because once you remember you're dreaming, you can give the world another purpose. You can, you can actually give the world the purpose of forgiveness. You can free your mind and wake up to eternity if you're willing to, ex to exchange the ego's purpose of hatred for the Holy Spirit's purpose of forgiveness. But you can't really forgive the world until you get back into that experience of it's all in your mind. You can't make that choice for forgiveness until you get so devoted and so still that you go into your mind to find what is beyond this secret dream. What is beyond the unconscious mind? I had a, a prayer I thought I would read from the workbook today as we're getting ready to start. And this is, this is from in the, the workbook, it's part two, the introduction, it's paragraph five. And this is what Jesus says. Now is the time of prophecy fulfilled. Now are all ancient promises upheld and fully kept. No step remains for time to separate from its accomplishment. For now we cannot fail. Sit silently and wait upon your Father. He has willed to come to you when you have recognized it is your will He do so. And you could have never come this far unless you saw, however dimly, that it is your will. I am so close to you, we cannot fail. So, the secret dream is what we're going to talk about today. Because if you have something in your unconscious mind that you're not aware of, then it doesn't matter how many affirmations you say as a person, it doesn't matter what actions you do as a person, or what actions you avoid doing as a person, until you get in touch with the unconscious guilt, the unconscious belief in linear time, the unconscious belief that cause and effect are separate and turned around, until you can come back far enough in the mind and actually see what's going on in this secret dream, then you will simply feel yourself at the mercy of something that you don't know what it is. And that's what the unconscious mind is. Carl Jung talked about it, he called it the shadow. Psychologists 
have talked about it now for decades. They, they say there's an unconscious aspect of the mind and Jesus actually calls the unconscious the unwatched mind. It's out of awareness and yet it determines everything that you perceive in this world. Everything. It, it, it generates a private world of private thoughts in which there seems to be a subject or a perceiver, we'll call it the human being, a person, and then there seems to be an objective world outside of that human being that, that involves time and space. So you seem to be, as long as you have this secret dream going, and this, this secret dream is the belief in the ego, then you perceive a world in which there's a you, a personal you, and then a vast time-space world, a cosmos outside of that personal self. And there is no way that you can choose your way out as a person. In other words, sometimes you think, I'm a person and I've got to just make the right choices, I've got to make all the right moves, make all the right decisions, learn how to be a holy person. Jesus is like saying, no, it's not going to work. Uh, you won't ever be able to to escape the dream, even trying to be a holy person. Because you will still perceive the decisions as personal decisions inside of time and space. And the decision that will set you free is not inside the dream. It's, it's in the mind. It's not in the dream. And so, when you try to make these decisions, if you follow the Holy Spirit's guidance, those seeming decisions that involve being a person in time and space will reflect the guidance you receive in your mind. But they're nothing more than reflections. People don't decide. It's the mind that has decided it's separate from God and it believes it's separate from God and now it's, it's using the people, the bodies, as like toys. Jesus talks about this in the text where the bodies are like puppets, they're like toys and and all of the thoughts that you think you think, and all of the th beliefs that you hold, get projected onto these toys. And that's why it seems like there's, there's saints and sinners, there's, there's these beautiful, lovely, peaceful people, and then there's these, you know, dictators or tyrants, and everything in between. And basically Jesus is saying, the world that you see is your thoughts, everything you think you think. But you're so afraid of your mind, you're so afraid of the power of your mind, and you're so afraid of the power of thought that, that it's projected, the ego projects it out as if it's happening in an external world, when really everything that you perceive as the external world is basically just your consciousness. And it's all selective. If you believe in war, you can perceive war. If you believe in competition, you can perceive competition. If you believe in birth and death, guess what? This, these characters will act out your belief in birth and death. But the world is neutral. It's simply the reflection of the ideas and the thoughts that you hold in consciousness. And that's why there's no escape. It's just a, a teaching learning device. It's not, you're not going to find escape in the world, you're going to find escape in your mind by, by forgiving the world, by finding 
your purpose of, of forgiveness. One more thing to set this movie up is, no, I, I couldn't possibly say it better than Jesus in A Course in Miracles. Uh, he's got a section in chapter 27, toward the end, very end of chapter 27, and yeah, if you, if you really want a context for what I'm talking about, if I'm talking about things and you're going, oh, I am swimming here, I, I'm, this is way over my head, I think I would recommend chapter 27. Um, if you just read The Dreamer of the Dream, which is section 7, and The Hero of the Dream, uh, that may be Kenneth's favorite section, The Dreamer of the Dream. You, if you, watch, you can watch his show, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about that one. But The Hero of the Dream is basically something I think you can relate to because, because if you think of yourself as a person, then you very much can relate to this section that Jesus is calling the hero of the dream. I would hesitate to even watch this movie Mr. Nobody without a preparation because if you watch, if you just watch it like you're watching any other movie, you know, like I said, you may turn it off after 10 minutes and go, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is this movie? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I have seen people walk out of theaters too. Uh, but now, with Jesus Christ giving you the preparation, all of a sudden the movie can be the most glorious, saving grace movie that you've ever seen in your entire life, with the right context, with the right preparation. So I'll, I'm going to read a little bit from this, just so you know, you can say, thank you David, that was really good. <laughs> preparation for that movie. Uh, I'm, glad I heard, I'm glad I heard what Jesus had to say before I, I took my mind into that movie. This one's called The Hero of the Dream. The body is the central figure in the dreaming of the world. There is no dream without it, nor does it exist without the dream in which it acts as if it were a person to be seen and believed. Don't you love it? In which it acts. So all people are actors and actresses. You remember, you remember Shakespeare? Anybody heard of Shakespeare? All the world's a stage and everybody must play their part. And here we are Shakespeare. Shakespeare is with us right now. He is smiling on us because he's like centuries later, we're, 137 of us are going to go into what he was talking about. All the world's a stage and everyone must play their part. And here's Jesus telling us, finally telling us what's going on. What was Shakespeare talking about? There is no dream without it, the body, nor does it exist without the dream in which it acts as if it were a person to be seen and believed. So these persons are all actors and actresses, and what are they acting out? They're acting out the belief in separation, the belief that they can be apart from eternity. That's, that's a pretty strong act, <laughs> trying to, to act as if you're not an eternal being. It seems pretty convincing, doesn't it? Even with our dogs and cats, don't they seem like real dogs and cats to you? You know, they, and these characters, mom, dad, brother, sister, don't they seem pretty real? It's a really good act. You gotta admit, bravo! Oscar! You get an Oscar for that one. You had me fooled. 
you had me fooled that you were really doing something to me, that you really liked or disliked me. Uh, it, I couldn't see it was my own mind. It takes the central place in every dream, which tells the story of how it was made by other bodies, born into the world outside the body, lives a little while, and dies to be united in the dust with other bodies, dying like itself. Wow, thank you Jesus for that summary of the human condition. <laughs> That's pretty strong, Jesus. Uh, tells the story of how it was made by other bodies. Hmm, mom and dad, okay, sex. Born into a world outside the body. Hmm, yeah, earth. Lives a little while, yeah, a number of years or decades, and dies to be united in the dust with other bodies. Oh, that's a cemetery, great. Dying like itself. You know, Jesus is casually going through and describing the human condition in one sentence. And he's like saying, this has nothing to do with you. This has absolutely nothing to do with who you are. But this is the dream that you gave away. While you're dreaming in secret that you're separate from God, this is the projected dream that your mind has identified with, and now it tells the story. Oh yeah, I was born in 1958, and yeah, my mom's name was Evelyn, Dad's name was Jack. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, I went through all, I went to high school at Deer Park High School, and then I went to University of Cincinnati. I rooted for the Cincinnati Reds baseball team, and, and then I did this and this, and then suddenly, I don't know what happened. In 1986, I found this book called A Course in Miracles, and basically when I read it, it said everything I'd ever thought and believed about everything was false. About everything, human interactions, about, about life itself, about every single thing that seems to be in time and space, I was mistaken about the whole thing. Wow, that's a book. So I spent the next 34 years reading this book, trying to practice what it was saying <laughs> in terms of how do, I, how do I remember eternity? How do I forgive the world? So now this is part of my experiment. We're all, 137 of us seemingly here watching this, but now Jesus is saying, no, no, you're not watching anything. This is a dream. This is all a dream, and you're the dreamer of this dream, and you've never done any of that stuff that you just said. You, you, you never did it. You know, sometimes, nowadays, it's like there seems to be all these swirling conspiracy theories going, you know, conspiracy theories, you know, about the, about the pandemic, conspiracy theories about politicians and governments and secret societies and Illuminati and on and on. This morning, before I came to you, Jesus was saying, yeah, everything that you believe that's going on in the dream of time and space is a conspiracy theory. Everything. What do you mean? Everything I, I perceive is a conspiracy theory? Yeah, he said, that's right. It's all conspiracy theory. The whole thing. And I said, what do you mean? I said, he said creationism. You know in the Bible where it says God created in Genesis, Adam and Eve, he created heaven and earth. Uh, he created time and space? No, no. Jesus said it. The creationism in the Bible is a conspiracy theory. What about Darwin? Oh, he said, yeah, Darwin's, that's a conspiracy theory too. Evolution. God has nothing to do with evolution. God has nothing to do with time and space. How could God have anything to do with evolution? 
evolution of the cells and the amoeba and the splitting of cells and then evolving to be apes and then human beings. No, he said, you know, he said Darwinism is just as false as creationism. It's both of them are conspiracy theories. What do you mean it's a conspiracy theory? He said, yeah, you're conspiring to believe you're separate from God and projecting out a dream to convince yourself that you actually did it, that you actually succeeded in being apart from God. You've got a pretty convincing dream going on there, but there, it's all conspiracy theory. I said, I don't know if I get that. What, can you give me another example? That's like, that's so radical. Creationism is a conspiracy theory. Darwinism is conspiracy theory. He said, yeah, reincarnation. What? Reincarnation is a conspiracy theory. Reincarnation is a conspiracy theory? Yeah. You believe that you can have a soul that can incarnate in and out of form. God has nothing to do with any of that. that that's another theory of thinking you can be separate from God in, in matter, in, in flesh. That to believe you can, a soul or a spirit can come into form, Jesus said, that's impossible. You can't bring eternal life into time and space. You have to bring the belief in time and space to the light of truth and it will disappear. Time and space will disappear. Reincarnation is a conspiracy theory? Yep, it is. Ooh, that's radical. Can you give me one more example, maybe to help me out? This is so radical. He said, all of history as you perceive it is a conspiracy theory. History. Mom, dad, <laughs> sister. You mean all that stuff we learned in the history books? Yeah, it's all a conspiracy theory because it's all being generated from the dream you dream in secret. It's all a, a hypothetical world, an as-if world, as if you actually could separate from God. That's why this world is hypothetical, because it's an as-if. As if I could separate from God. Oh, poof, time and space. Mother, father, sister, brother, human beings. Woo! All of history. Jesus says in the Course, he says, history would not exist if you didn't keep making the same mistake in the present. You're going to have to watch the replay to, to take that one in. History would not exist if you didn't keep making the same mistake in the present. Why is the holy instant so important? It's because that present moment is our gateway to eternity. Jesus says the present moment is the closest approximation of eternity that the world offers. So when we watch this movie today, we're going to be zooming in toward the holy instant. We're going for the, for the glory. We're going for awakening. We're going for enlightenment. We're going for self-realization. We're not talking about meditating for 20 years, 15 hours a day for 20 years, because that's all looking for future escape from what is a present cause that we must face. The ego has already been overlooked by the Holy Spirit, so Jesus is saying, it's not going to take you time to wake up, it's, but it does take your willingness, it does take your desire to know your Creator, to, to forgive. And that's why 
Jesus says in the immediacy of salvation section in the Course, he says, Be not content with future happiness, for it is not your just reward, for you have cause for freedom now. And he goes on to say, in the same section, he says, Future fear is not your concern. Your real dread is present joining. Wow, your real dread is present joining. Maybe he's trying to tell us that we're so afraid of love because we believe that we betrayed love. We believed somehow. We just believed it. It's not real. We believed that we betrayed God. We betrayed love. We believe, maybe we could say that we, we betrayed our powerful mind and now we're afraid of the mind. Because the mind is so powerful, it was created by God, and now we're afraid of it. And now it's easier to play small and project our fear of love onto the body and onto the world and other people than to go inside and face our innocence, to face our divinity. And I love it. I watched the session last night, I could tell that's what was beneath your questions was like, how can I get in touch with this fear that I don't even understand. And the reason it's not understandable is because it's the dream you dream in secret. It's out of awareness. But today we're going to go right at that dream that you dream in secret. We're going right to, toward the belief in separation so you can pierce through it to the atonement, to, to the correction for this entire dream. In the brief time allotted it to live, it's talking about the body, it seeks for other bodies as its friends and enemies. Its safety is its main concern. It tries to look for pleasure and avoid the things that would be hurtful. Above all, it tries to teach itself its pains and joys are different and can be told apart. The dreaming of the world takes many forms because the body seeks in many ways to prove it is autonomous and real. It puts things on itself. Blue shirt. It puts things on itself that it has bought with little metal disc or paper strips the world proclaims as valuable and real. Oh, he's talking about currencies, money. The world proclaims as valuable and real. God doesn't proclaim that money is valuable and real, but the world proclaims the money is valuable and real. It works to get them. It works to get them, the money, the bills, the paper strips and metal discs. It works to get them doing senseless things and tosses them away for senseless things it does not need and does not even want. It hires other bodies that they may protect it and collect more senseless things that it can call its own. Ah, possession, ownership. It looks about for special bodies that can share its dream. Sometimes it dreams it is a conqueror of bodies weaker than itself, but in some phases of the dream it is the slave of bodies that would hurt and torture it. The body's serial adventures from time of birth to dying are the theme of every dream the world has ever had. The quote, hero of this dream will never change, nor will its purpose. 
Though the dream itself takes many forms and seems to show a great variety of places and events wherein its hero finds itself, the dream has one, but one purpose, taught in many ways. This single lesson does it try to teach again and still again and yet once more. That it, the dream, is cause and not effect. And you are its effect and cannot be its cause. So this whole dream, every day, every day you wake up and you face another day, the purpose of this dream, this linear dream, is to teach you one thing, that you are at the mercy of the dream. That the dream can make you feel sad. The dream can make you feel hurt. The dream can make you feel weak. The dream can make you feel powerless. That's not the truth, but that's the ego's lesson. That's why it's using the dream to make you feel worthless. Did you ever notice sometime when you get all caught up into the mesmerism of this dream, you start to feel worthless? You start to feel tiny, insignificant? You start to feel overwhelmed? If any of you have had those feelings, it's coming from one ego lesson that the dream is the cause and who you are is the effect. Thus are you not the dreamer but the dream. You see how the ego wants to convince you you're the body, you're the effect, you're not the... It's, it's trying to teach you that you are a time-space creature and you're at the mercy of this dream that seems to be outside of you. And he's saying it's not true. And so you wander idly in and out of places and events that it contrives. And it says that this is all the body does is true, for it is but a figure in a dream. But who reacts to figures in a dream unless he sees them as if they were real? The instant that he sees them as they are, they have no more effects on him, because he understands he gave them their effects by causing them and making them seem real. How willing are you to escape the effects of all the dreams the world has ever had? Is it your wish to let no dream appear to be the cause of what it is you do? Then let us merely look upon the dream's beginning, for the part you see is but the second part whose cause lies in the first. No one asleep and dreaming in the world remembers his attack upon himself. No one believes there was really a time when he knew nothing of a body and could never have conceived this world as real. He would have seen at once that these ideas are one illusion, too ridiculous for anything but to be laughed away how serious they now appear to be, and no one can remember when they would have been met with laughter and with disbelief. We can remember this if we but look directly at their cause, and we will see the grounds for laughter, not a cause for fear. Let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer, who perceives the dream as separate from himself and done to him. Into eternity, where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. 
in his forgetting did the thought become a serious idea and possible of both accomplishment and real effects. Together we can laugh them both away and understand that time cannot intrude upon eternity. It is a joke to think that time can come to circumvent eternity, which means there is no time. So, if you go with me and you go with me in, into your mind and face this secret dream, you will see that, that the core, the core idea of hypothetical thinking, even the belief that there's something to come next, even the belief in a future, it's all hypothetical. The past is hypothetical as well because again, Time is the hypothetical belief as if you have separated from God. And the good news of the Gospel and the good news of A Course in Miracles is you have never been able to separate from the Source. You are still as God created you. You are not a body. You are free. You are still as God created you. And yet, if you believe that cause and effect, that Christ could leave God, absolutely impossible, then if you believe this hypothetical, then that means you will project a world of hypotheticals and you will always be playing out these scenarios as a human being. Because that's what's been made to take the place of divine love. It's all a trick. It's just a, a trick. If you still have trouble with some of these ideas, just just read lesson number 158 in the workbook. You know, time is a trick, Jesus says, a sleight of hand in which figures seem to come and go. He's describing the whole trick of the dream in lesson 158 of the workbook. And he's basically saying, you can be free. You can be free, but you have to go in your mind and you have to go through this illusion of, of the secret dream. You have to come back to the happy dream. And I will talk about that, and, and I know Francis and I will talk about the, that tomorrow too, the happy dream. What is the happy dream but a dream of non-judgment? What does that mean? That means that if you are witnessing a dream in which you don't want to get anything from anybody, you don't expect them to give you something. You don't expect them to treat you a certain way. You don't expect them to bring you necessarily smiles or, or, or frowns. You're not looking to try to get money from them. You're not trying to look to get recognition from them. You're not trying to look in any way to get anything from anybody or anything in this world. You're just in giving mode. You just have all so much joy in your heart that you just want to give it away to your cat, to your dog, to the dream figures. You can look at the stars. You want to boom and radiate your divine love to the stars, to the trees, to the mountains. You know, you, you feel like you're, like that song uh, uh, that Julie Andrews sings in, in, on top of the Austrian mountains. 
The hills are alive with the sound of music. You know all those great songs that we love. I might even play one for you later on with、uh, Sarah Brightman and Andrea Bocelli.、Uh, time to say goodbye to this world of dreams. Time to go in your mind to the light and say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. But not with melancholy. You're not sad to say goodbye to the dream. You're actually happy. Da 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 da. It's time to say goodbye. And the only way we say goodbye is by accepting this purpose of forgiveness in our mind. You you want to be happy. You actually want to radiate this love and light every day because it's who you are. And the only way you strengthen your awareness of the light is by giving it away. Giving and receiving are the same. Give the light away, and you receive that light in, in awareness. Some of you even read the text where Jesus gives just three lessons of the Holy Spirit. What's the first lesson of the Holy Spirit from the text? Does anybody remember that? The first lesson: to have, give all to all. Now you know the ego is sitting back, going sarcastically. That's a joke. To have, give all to all. What do you mean? On planet Earth, you you'll be broke and destitute if you if you give all to all. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You got to reverse these ideas in your mind. To have, give all to all. Second lesson: to have peace, teach peace to learn it. Oh my God, that must be what I have is peace. And if I can teach peace in every circumstance, in every situation, in everything that arises, if I can have peace by teaching peace to learn it, if I, what about education? To hell with education! I want to teach peace. I'm here to represent Jesus Christ and and my Father in heaven. I'm not here to learn the alphabet or to learn encyclopedias. You know, all learning was made by the ego. All of it, all of time and space is just false learning.、It、begins with this secret dream, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom. So, and then finally, be vigilant only for God and His kingdom. That's the final lesson of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's a nice word, vigilant, really strong, determined. Be vigilant for God. Be vigilant for love. In every encounter you have, don't think of the kingdom of heaven as something far off in the future. It's right now. It's who we are. It's the love in our hearts that wants to just radiate out to everything and everyone. That's what it means to have vigilance for God in His kingdom, and in the end, in that same lesson, Jesus says, "What you have is what you are." He doesn't say, "What you have is what you possess." He doesn't say, "What you have is what you own." He says, "What you have is what you are. What you have is the light of Christ, and what you are is the light of Christ. And having and being are the same." Having has nothing to do with images and possessing images. People say, "Oh, I have a nice house." Oh, you really think so? <laughs> dream on, brother. Dream on, sister. Oh, I have, I have a, a lot of money in my bank account. Dream on, brother. Dream on, sister. What you have is what you are. 
You are created as the eternal being and that's what you have and nothing of time and space can teach you that. You have to actually go bye-bye to the dream of separation, bye-bye to ownership, bye-bye to possession, bye-bye to specialness, bye-bye to pride and what? Be humble, be simple, <laughs> be as you were created. I am as God created me. So this movie is going to show us one of our dream characters and we're going to take a journey with, with Nemo. Nemo is the central figure, he's the hero of the dream for us and we're just going to watch the hero of the dream play his life out. But this is not a linear time loop movie. We're not going to, going to see Nemo looping like in Groundhog Day with Phil. We're going to see bits and pieces of scenarios of Nemo's attempt <laughs> to find love and happiness and satisfaction in, in the fragmented dream. And that's all of our story too, right? You know, that's what we've done. We've tried it with partners, we've tried it with locations, we've tried it with jobs, we've tried it with kitty cats and dogs, we've tried it with everything imaginable and we've done it for centuries. This is a, this is a dream that's been going on for centuries and we're wanting to escape the dream. Nemo will have bits and pieces coming into his awareness from uh, his attempted love relationships. This isn't just one movie about one love relationship. Nemo is going to try it three times with three different women. Three different. He's going to think with with a when he's a child, when he's nine years old, he's going to look at these three girls sitting on the same bench and. I think one is named Jean and one's named Alicia and one is named Anna. And then he's going to try to play it out with all of these different girls. He's going to play the special relationship out, not once for us, but three times to show us it doesn't work. He's, he's going to attempt different job occupations. We're going to get to see Nemo with little snippets in his mind when he was nine years old. We're going to see snippets when he's 15 years old. We're going to see snippets of future scenarios with these, these women. He's going to try to play out looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces, and he's doing it for all of us because he's also going to be, in this futuristic movie, the last remaining human that's alive. It becomes so much a world of images, so much a world of make-believe uh, things that, that he's the last living human being as we would know a human being and he's pondering his life and wondering what was it all about. He's not just pondering one lifetime, he's pondering a series of lifetimes and some of them are very futuristic and some of them dip back into earlier times of his life. Now, I want to give you some more context because um, did anybody see the movie Inception? Anybody see the movie Inception? Okay, that was Christopher Nolan. Great movie. Because he showed, he showed the dream as if there were different layers of the dream. You know, that's a cool movie. Inception, layering of the dream. Now Christopher Nolan is, sent, is getting ready to unleash another movie in 2020, in this time, and it's called Tenant. 
And it hasn't come out yet because of all the pandemic delays, but it's coming out. And in this movie, he's going to share about this idea of time inversion. Time inversion. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about time inversion because it, it totally relates to this movie we're going to watch today. But you, if you get a chance when, when Tenet comes out, go ahead and watch it. Time inversion is not time travel. Most of our movies are time travel. Whether they're looping movies or they're movies that go back into the past, like the 13th, or 13th Floor or like Somewhere in Time. Remember that movie with Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve? Think of all the Looper movies. Uh, you know, I've been talking about some of them. Those are all time travel movies. But time inversion is not time travel. Because in time looper movies, you go back and you still go to a different part of the loop. And you still, it's still very much past towards future. It's still a, a forward progression. But time inversion is not time travel and it's not putting yourself flying back in consciousness into different aspects of linear time. Time inversion starts to look at the idea of time reversal. Time reversal? What do you mean reversal? The, the actors that play in Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenant, like Michael Caine, he, he said, what's the movie about? And he said, I don't know. He's an actor, he's been an actor in the movie and he can't tell what the movie's about. <laughs> because for Michael Caine, the time inversion is too deep of a concept. And he's like, I'm an actor. Uh, I don't even know. I, he, the movie's been filmed already. He was an actor in the film and he can't explain the film. Ah, that's getting your intrigue up there. I can tell you, you like to watch movies where the actor can't even tell what the movie's about. The main character in the movie, the actor, he didn't, he couldn't say what it was about either. He had to keep asking Christopher Nolan, now what is this? What's going on? He could not understand the movie, that he was the lead character in the movie. Can't understand. You can understand as an actor that could be a bit confusing when you're acting scenes and you can't really understand the concepts of what you're acting out. Get ready, because that's what we're doing today. We're going to see a movie that you need a lot of high interpretations to even make sense of the movie. And this will help you when you watch Tenant. Uh, it's still, it still will be a pretty linear movie, but it will just start to bring in bits and pieces of time inversion. Okay, you say you want more. Okay, I'll tell you a little more about time inversion, because this will help with the movie. When quantum physicists started to study quantum mechanics, they started to realize that if the quantum mechanics that they were learning about and the, and the quantum physics that they were learning about were, were possible, that it should be as easy to, for time to go backwards and, as, as it would be for time to go forwards. All of us are used to thinking of time as only moving in one direction. We think it moves from past to future, right? That's, that's the context of our lives. That's the context of the dream world, past to future. Do you ever remember back in like the 60s and 70s when people would play records backwards and they would say they would find satanic messages if they play like Beatles songs backwards and everything like this? You know, you know how it sounds when you play a song backwards. 
Woo! You know, you could play the most romantic, popular song in linear time, and you play it backwards, and it's going to sound, it, it will sound completely different. You may say, that's not the same song. You can't play that song yesterday by the Beatles backwards and get the same feeling you would hear if you heard it played that way. Well, time inversions like that too. If, if you would go watch one of my videos, you always go to YouTube and you expect it to play from past to future, right? You, you expect it to play in one direction. But if you took the little scrolling button and you went with backwards and you saw the David character going like this and everything that David was saying was backwards and everything that David was doing with movements was all, was all in reverse, you might laugh, like you're laughing now, I see some of you smiling, but you would say, I like it better, David, when I can hear you in a coherent way, <laughs> when you're speaking time words that I can understand, not playing it backwards. And so, but if you start to grasp quantum mechanics and quantum physics, you can see that that it's possible for time to move backwards just as easily as forwards. And that, that breaks the rules that we have in our mind, the belief of time. Jesus actually says this in the Course. He actually says time goes backwards. So he's actually telling us that as we approach the light in our mind, we are actually going backwards to an ancient instant called the unholy instant, and then we're going to leap off if we go back far enough in our mind to the unholy instant, then we leap back to the holy instant. The I am presence, before Abraham was I am. We go right into the holy instant like Jesus did, because we go backwards in time to the point where time seemed to begin, and then we go one more step back and we leap off into eternity. That's what Jesus called, God takes the final step. We go back prior to time. So this is something that we all have to learn. We have to learn this time inversion thing that Christopher Nolan's talking about because the only way that you forgive is you have to go invert time and you have to go back to the place that's prior to when time seemed to begin. Because eternity doesn't know about time. There, there is no time in eternity. So. Be prepared, you know, and some of you have studied quantum physics, you know, and quantum mechanics, you know, you know the famous double slit experiment where, where particles turn into waves and the scientists, that really baffled all the scientists. Einstein couldn't figure that out. Uh, all the great teachers, the great quantum physicists could not figure that one out, why a particle turns into a wave, just by the observation, by its observation it changed from, it, 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 it would stay the same if it was observed, if it wasn't observed then it turned into a wave. Finally, I took a bit of David Bohm and Krishnamurti to start to realize it's the thoughts in our mind that determine the world that we see, and it's our mind that, that can seem to change things from particles into waves. That's why science stopped at what we're talking about today. But Krishnamurti and David Bohm and some of the great scientists and spiritual teachers are pointing towards what Jesus is teaching us today, right now. He's going to teach us the, what's going on through this movie. So sit back, 
enjoy and we are going on an adventure and we will take a break in about 45, a little less than 45 minutes, 40 minutes from now and I will continue with the teachings after a two-hour break and we will go through this movie together. And I guarantee you, if you follow where I'm taking you today, you will not see the dream world the same way. Some of your questions you had planned for Francis and I tomorrow are going to evaporate. They will evaporate because of your recognitions that you have during this present moment and stay in this moment. So off we go, Mr. Nobody. Okay, that's beautiful. That, that last scene is an example of false cause and effect. Um, Nemo's, little Nemo's father comes home from work, he, he steps out of his car, he has had a bit of eggshell that's still in his mouth from, from earlier in the day when he was eating and he gets, he starts to ponder, what is this in my mouth? Uh, this little chippy thing, it's a piece of eggshell and he doesn't realize that he didn't put the, the brake on, he didn't put the car into park and he didn't put the parking brake on. As he's pondering this chip of egg in his mouth, the car rolls away, rolls down and kills a mother who's just simply out walk, walking her baby in the baby carriage. And then the last scene we saw right before I pause it, as you see, the father is very depressed. Now this is an, a good example of what I'm talking about. With the dream that you dream in secret is a dream of separation from God. It's a belief that you can leave your source, that the effect, the Christ, has left the cause, God, and, and has been split off. So the effect has now left the cause, the Christ has left, left heaven, and cause and effect are split off, and then in time, cause and effect, in linear time, are turned around. So it seems as if that the events that occur in the dream cause the state of mind. So for those watching this movie, you know, this is a very strong example right away of just a very clear example of what would seem to be an accident happening in the dream world. Where it was just due to, you could say, inattentiveness, um, unawareness, and so on and so forth, but, but the father is pulling the little piece of egg shell from his mouth, pondering that eggshell, what is this in my mouth, and then this sequence of events, the car rolling down and killing a mother uh, as, as she's out walking her, her baby. This is an example of how it works with everything that we perceive in this world. When we think of bad things that have happened to us as a person, when we think of the way people have treated us, when we think of the events, maybe in the, the, uh, the, the era of time that the body seems to exist. For some of you, you, know, you may be able to think back for 10, 20, 30, 40 years 
the country that the bodies seem to be born in, the social status, the economic status, the, the, the politics of the country, the, the weather conditions and climate conditions, a vast number of things that are really just potentials. But they are interpreted in, in the dream as circumstances that shape who you are as a person. But as we saw from Nemo earlier when he was with the angels, he, he was aware of everything. He could, he could tell down to great detail uh, what his seeming life in, in birth would be, even picking the mother and the father that they would have. This is how powerful the mind is. Everything in what we would call the dream world of separate cause and effect is all just potentialities and then when the mind decides and chooses, chooses specific parents, chooses specific circumstances, you know, you might say that way back in the mind um, you chose to seem to manifest as a person in time and space during this era on earth when the pandemic struck. Oh, that was part of a prearranged thing where you, you, all down to the details of what seems to be occurring on, on planet Earth right now, all the details about your person, all the details about your parents, if you had siblings, if you have friends, close friends, best friends, good friends, people that you love, people that you hate, all the circumstances of time and space, down to the cosmic ones, uh, even beyond the, the personhood, but the, the local surroundings and, and all the memories that have been in there, all of them are, are a result of selective perception. Down to the smallest detail, everything is chosen in the mind. Nothing is at random. Nothing is an accident. There is no such thing as luck. There is no such thing as an accident. But you might say, all of these are chosen in the secret dream, not in the dream that you gave away. It doesn't seem like, the, in the dream that you gave away, that seems arrogant to think that you would have made all those selections, all your relationship selections, all of your financial decisions, all of your decisions in time and space, but the mind is extremely powerful and all those potentialities they, the observer effect is as soon as, as soon as you freeze down on a, a possibility in terms of specifics, then that seems to be real to you. That seems like a real memory. That seems like a real experience. In eternity, none of it is happening because there is no time and there is no space. Even Nemo was saying in this, like with the Big Bang, what existed before the Big Bang? He's talking about the potentialities uh, that are prior to time and space. Uh, the quantum physicist David Bohm, you know, talked about uh, these factors, these variables and factors that were unidentifiable, undefinable factors, and he was postulating that that's what determines the observer effect, why, why 
particles remain particles when they're observed, when they're not observed, when there's not an observer, then they turn into waves. In physics, that's very mysterious. That has been a that double slit experiment in quantum physics. Uh, that's probably the most famous experiment ever, and there's never been a satisfactory answer to why when you observe particles, uh, they stay the same when, when you step back without that observer apparatus that they turn into wave patterns. You know, that's like, for the even for the quantum physicists, that's like so mysterious that, that there's obviously something that, that is, it is not explainable in terms of observable effects. Maybe you need a little context of that, even for quantum physics. Like, before quantum physics, there was, there was scientific method, you know, and the scientific method that most of us were raised with was all based on a man named Isaac Newton, who believed that the world was outside, and the world was empirical and could be measured, and we could deduce the law of gravity, we could deduce the laws of physics by doing experiments on an external world, and then make conclusions, and that's how Newtonian science is built. Now, quantum physics comes along in, in the beginning of the 1900s, and basically what they discovered in quantum physics went so far beyond what Isaac Newton had proposed that it basically showed everything that was believed before the, the discovery of quantum physics was faulty, uh, faulty science. It was a faulty formulation of reality. Now we even know that current modern-day physics is still a faulty formulation of reality, except we might say for the quantum field, which is baffling to the quantum physicists, because everything is connected in the quantum field. You ask a quantum physicist about the quantum field and they'll say, well, it definitely seems to be there, but it's all energy and it's all connected and we have no idea how that relates to this world. <laughs> it, it took uh, great thinkers like Krishnamurti who worked with David Bohm and they started to realize it seems to be our thoughts that are behind everything, but that gets into the realm of consciousness and this is not exactly the realm of, of science. Science is just beginning to open up to the idea of such a thing as consciousness, which spiritualities and philosophies have pondered for centuries. So basically what we're seeing in this movie is that there's a field of potentialities and then when the mind, the sleeping, the secret dream and the sleeping mind decides on a particular scenario, then that scenario seems to take shape. But it's still part of the secret dream. It's just the part that was given away. What is the secret dream but a belief in false cause and effect? Like the, at the beginning when the, the bird is, is touching a button and then gets a reward of food and then when they program it for the door to open the food every 20 seconds, then the bird is wondering, what did, what did I do to get the, the door to open? So it's flapping its wings. That's what happens in relationships. You still take your cues off of the, the characters in the dream, and if, if your partner is smiling, you're thinking, hmm, my partnership is going very well, they're smiling, they're happy. When they're frowning, it's like, what did I do wrong? As if you as a person did something wrong to provoke their behavior. 
as if you provoked the boss's behavior. You're fired. Oh, you're promoted. Clean out your office and leave. Oh, we're going to keep you in the company. Thank you for working for 35 years in the same company. We're going to give you a gift and we're going to give you a big, um, a big financial sum for all of your years of devotion. Everything that has seemed to be behavior, an analysis of behavior, good behavior, bad behavior, the right behavior, the wrong behavior, it's all part of linear time. And Jesus is saying, none of it is causative. You've never done anything right and you've never done anything wrong. You, there is no such thing as morality in the quantum field, in the forgiven world, in the happy dream. There is no such thing as mor what is morally right, morally wrong. It's a time is an invention of the ego that was made to keep you feeling guilty and therefore keep you feeling apart from God. And so this secret dream in which you believe it's possible for there to be linear time is the problem. In the secret dream, believing that there are causes in the dream and effects in the dream is wrong because time is not linear and there, the causes don't come before the effects as we're accustomed to thinking. That's just the way it is in the secret dream. That's not the way it is in eternity. There, in eternity God is the cause and Christ is the effect and cause and effect are together. You might remember Jesus thought, the Father and I are one. That's what Jesus was teaching when he was teaching the Father and I are one. The cause and the effect are together. In heaven, causes and effects are together. In time and space, cause and effect from the ego are split off and turned around. So not only does the cause seem to come before the effect in linear time, but also the causes seem to be in the world. Um, how's your day going? Well, I'm having a bad day. Why are you having a bad day? Well, I got fired. And then I was so sad and depressed, I, uh, I, uh, I just went drinking in a bar. Uh, and then I got so drunk that I forgot where I was and the, the people in the bar had to try to get me home. And then when I got home, I just, uh, my friends put me in bed, but then the next day I had a huge hangover from drinking too much. False cause effect. I got fired, I got drunk, I got a hangover. Yeah, the world seems to say, oh, those are all very, very logical linear logical and Jesus is saying, oh no, 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 no. You're the Christ and you're dreaming a dream where you think you can make up time and you can establish false cause-effect relationship like the father getting depressed because he wasn't paying attention and the car rolled and then the car ran over the, the mother and killed the mother. And therefore the father has this experience in time and space that will taint the rest of his life because of his seeming inattentiveness with uh, putting the car into park and forgetting to do that. So that's it. That's your preview. If you really are enjoying this, I would say go have a, have a nap. Uh, if you're tired and you think this is like way over your head, uh, spiritually have a nap, take a walk, have a snack, 
play some great music, do something fun, because we're just at the beginning of the rabbit hole. We are not, we haven't even gone down in the rabbit hole yet. Uh, that's just the preliminaries. And, and when I come back, I'm taking you all the way down the rabbit hole into the secret dream. Because only from the secret dream can you say, I've had enough of this. Uh, I would rather go back to eternity and know my God, my Creator, my Source. And I've had enough of these time-space dreams, and time isn't even real. And why am I so obsessed and still feeling guilty over something that God didn't create? So have a wonderful break, and I will see you back in a couple hours. Ha <laughs> ha.